You're listening to The Honest Report, a weekly podcast analyzing media coverage of the Arab-Israeli conflict, anti-Semitism, and radical Islamic terrorism. Here's your host, Rob Walker. This is Thursday, January 6th. I'm Robert Walker, and welcome to the Honest Report podcast. Today, we have uh, Speaker David Haivri joining us. He's the councilman on the Shamran Regional Council, chairman of Committee for Commemoration of Victims of Terrorism, and chairman of Committee for Road Safety. He's a strategist specializing in international relations with vast experience in Jewish, Christian, and Jewish Arab dialogue. He's an inspirational speaker and a social media personality. David, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. Now, what else uh, What else did I miss in your bio? That's quite impressive, but I feel like there's even more to it. I am a licensed tour guide in Israel. That is my passion, touring the land and uh, showing it off to uh, guests from all over the world, learning about the history and culture and religion, and everything that has to do with the land of Israel. Now, this uh, this is a difficult time for you. I know on the tourism front, I know that uh, it's uh, it's been a little slow, of course, very slow. <laughs> yes, a, a very very slow. Israel has been a, in a, has been in general closed down for the the better for the most of the past two years, and uh, that is very sad in general and very sad for tourism in particular. Now, what do you? Uh, when do you anticipate in Israel things uh, the border opening back up uh, to some degree? I I pray for good things, and I, I hope that uh, that we're seeing the signs of the end of this pandemic. I hope they say that the Jewish people are the most optimistic people in the world, so I try to be optimistic. Excellent. Well, I certainly hope that uh, we're going to see that soon. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of your work uh, with uh, Jewish communities in the Shomron. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, for those listening and they hear sort of Judea and Samaria, West Bank, uh, uh, Yehuda, Shomron, help us unpack where exactly Shomron is so they can get a bit of an idea. Yeah, I think that that's really a good idea to a, uh, for clarity, although these, uh, hot topics are spoken about so much in the media, you might think that everyone knows exactly what we're talking about, but it turns out that that a lot of people are not, uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. So Judea and Samaria is Israel's mountain area. It's the heart of Israel. It's the area uh, east of uh, Tel Aviv, which is pretty simple. If you're standing in Tel Aviv and looking to the east, you'll see hills and that, that is the Samaria. Um, and this area was uh, in Israel's War of Independence in 1948. This area was invaded and taken over by the Jordanians who controlled Judea and Samaria for 19 years. And they renamed these regions as the West Bank. So when we hear about the West Bank, uh, or if we hear about Judea and Samaria, those are actually the same place, just in different terminology. The Samaria, where I am, is north of Jerusalem. I am in Kfar Tzapuach in the Samaria or the Shamron, 
which is about 40, 45 minutes north of Jerusalem. Right. And so what's sort of the feeling on the ground um, in the Jewish communities in the Shomron? I mean, um, it, it seems like uh, your very existence, uh, you know, in terms of safety and security in your ancestral homeland seems to depend in, in no small part on, you know, the changing sands of what the Israeli government of the day thinks. I mean, what uh, what do your spidey senses tell you now uh, about what's what's on the horizon? It seems that the uh, Israeli leadership, since um, this region has come under the, the control of Israel in 1967, uh, which is almost 55 years ago, Israel has uh, controlled this area. And uh, although there's no one clear decision regarding the future of this area, I think that uh, most Israeli leaders see this area um, as an important important regions for, for Israel, and uh, that is what I expect to see in the future. So you don't really see it as a, uh, as a likelihood that a future Israeli government is going to come in and say, you know, land for peace, we're going to, we're going to give the sort of the pre-1967 armistice lines, we're going to give it to the Palestinian Authority in exchange for a peace agreement. You, you don't see that happening. No, I, d I don't see the Israeli government uh, allowing another country be established west of the Jordan River, which is the, the heart of Israel, and um, I don't see that happening. So where, where does that uh, leave then? I mean, obviously, there's still, I think, a lot of um, uh, uncertainty surrounding where Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria, what they're going to be looking like. What do you see as sort of the future uh, final status agreement, if there is one, or is the status quo just going to be um, the future status? I think that normalization is the, the, uh, the key word. It's the direction that the, the region has been going if, over the past years. Uh, the region, the Arab countries recognizing Israel as a fact and uh, recognizing the benefits of, uh, of having good relations with the Jewish state of Israel. And I think that that same um, direction is what is going to uh, be realized in Judea and Samaria, normalization, which uh, you could call status quo or formalizing uh, the, the reality here, understanding that the uh, this is not going to break up into separate countries that will stay under the control of Israel. And, uh, and uh, then uh, formulating a, um, a, a, a permanent status within Judea and Samaria, where over the, the past five decades, five and a half decades, we've lived with a, a big question mark, not really knowing where this is going to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, from this point on, uh, we'll need to realize that Israel will remain the uh, sovereign in the, this area as well and, uh, and move forward with that.
So how are some of the, I know you're, you've been very involved in, in Jewish-Arab uh, dialogue and conversations, not just with, uh, with some of your Arab neighbors, but uh, on a larger scale as well. Um, how has the Arab world, right, with Israel's sort of growing relations with the Arab world, how have they been coming to terms with the sort of the, the Palestinian issue or the, uh, uh, the territorial dispute, if they're looking at it in those terms? Uh, you know, how, are they, how are they coming to terms with this? Yes, that, that is true. As you mentioned in the uh, introduction, uh, I am uh, very active on social media and uh, I uh, have a, an open uh, conversation with people in many countries, specifically in the region, uh, in the Middle East, in Arab countries, uh, with the people in, in many different levels. Uh, and uh, I would say that for many years, the Arab society, the greater Arab society, uh, gave a room for the PLO to direct the conversation regarding Israel. Uh, but over the past years, the greater Arab society has realized that the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, also known as the Palestinian Authority, uh, are not really leading to anything productive and uh, are now giving this um, agenda less, um, less weight in, in, their, um, in their conversation and in uh, prioritizing their, um, um, their needs in uh, relation to Israel. Right. Um, so there. So as you're saying, the, the a lot of these Arab countries, or sort of this uh, this growing Arab um, uh, partnerships uh, with Israel, they're looking and they're simply saying, you know, you Palestinians, uh, we've been supporters of the Palestinian uh, cause for a long time, but uh, there's even a a limit to that, uh, you know, patience. Um, it, it sounds like. Uh, yes, uh, that's right. And, and we see that uh, Israel, the, the Arab nations as well, have realized that uh, Israel um, has, um, is a, a democracy, is a, an open society, it gives a room and respect to its minorities who are not Jewish uh, to uh, maintain their, uh, their religious space and their cultural space. Uh, so Israel is not threatening the existence of uh, the non-Jewish residents of Israel or of Judea and Samaria, as far as that's concerned. And uh, as we've seen, the Palestinian Authority have not taken a responsible place of a governance and leadership over the areas that they have received a, a control over. Right, and so tell us a little bit about on a local level then, um, you know, what's happening with uh, with Jews and Arabs in the Shomron. I mean, in the, in the international media's perspective, of course, particularly with the uh, the Gaza war seven months ago, um, you know, what uh, what Israel was doing was uh, was unjustified right in the in, in, in Jerusalem. Right. And that sort of that Israel has been attempting to Judaize this area. 
Um, but when you speak to a lot of people on the ground, certainly when we speak to a lot of people on the ground, it seems that um, that this level of uh, hatred uh, for Israel among many Arabs simply doesn't exist. They're happy to be uh, part of this uh, this place, and they would much rather be in the Jewish state as opposed to a future Palestinian state. Is that your perception as well? I, I am, am involved in a in different uh, in platforms of um, dialogue with the local Arabs in uh, Judea and Samaria. And I'm friendly with many uh, Muslims and Arabs um, and Christian Arabs in uh, elsewhere in Israel. Uh, so I think that uh, we are seeing a growing number of um, non-Jewish residents of Israel who are uh, openly expressing their um, positive attitude towards being part of the Jewish state and uh, the benefits they have living under the Jewish state. And they're, they're wanting to, uh, to have a positive type of uh, dialogue with, the, with Israel, with the, the Jewish state, and with the Jews in general. And uh, what I can say is that I'm disappointed in uh, the uh, many um, funders and uh, foreign uh, organizations and countries who are um, claim to uh, be pro-peace, but give very little attention to uh, these Arabs in Judea and Samaria and elsewhere in Israel who wish to live in peace with Israel. I mean, really wish to live in peace with, peace with Israel. So the, the international community at large the United States and the European Union and uh, uh, all, all of the countries who donate funds to the Palestinian Authority and who um, support the, the Palestinian Authority in different ways in their governments and so forth, it, it's uh, very disappointing that uh, they give very little attention or almost no attention to uh, other voices within the Palestinian Authority who would actually live, like to live in peace with Israel. Some of those operations, for instance, are the uh, members of the Judea and Samaria Chamber of Commerce, who are Israeli Jews, in, in, in business people in Judea and Samaria, and Palestinian Arab business people in Judea and Samaria, who engage to, um, to grow mutual uh, interests in the business world in this region, which we call Judea and Samaria. Palestinians might call the West Bank, but still there are people here, there are Jews and Arabs who wish to uh, uh, grow businesses and make more uh, workplaces available for the people who live here and to, um, to um, cause a, a better life for the people here. And this uh, organization, for one, has received very little attention from uh, any international uh, bodies, and that's, that's very sad. And there are other, other groups that I'm involved with as well. So what is it going to take then for the international community, as you said, sort of donor countries, uh, particularly in the West, to stop pushing uh, or, or to sort of change their outlook a little bit um, and to demand more accountability 
uh, say on the part of the Palestinian Authority, or you posted on Twitter the other day, you know, how about uh, a lot of the ongoing violence, um, interesting violence in the, uh, in the Palestinian Authority, what is it going to take um, for the international community to, uh, to recognize that, uh, that the same old way of trying to push along the cause of peace simply isn't the best way to do it? I, I wish I knew a good answer to, I wish I had a good answer for that question. What will it take for the international community to realize that uh, supporting the Palestinian Authority and the PLO is the wrong path and has failed over and over and over again? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that these governments are totally aware of the fact that the Palestinian Authority are is paying salaries to terrorists who target Jews and they still continue to sponsor the Palestinian Authority and support their agenda. I don't know what more needs to be said. And on the other hand, there are people who are truly peace seekers. I'm involved in an organization called The Home, which is a non-political organization that has a, brings together Israelis and Palestinians in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem for non-political gatherings which uh, focus on, on picking up garbage, working together to show our love for the land um, and um, recognizing the fact that Jews and Arabs live here and we can, uh, we can join hands in, uh, and be involved together in issues that have nothing to do with politics. Um, I'm sad to say that I don't see any, uh, I don't see this uh, being picked up at all by those, uh, governments and organizations who uh, claim to to want peace in this area. It's pretty sad. Well, I uh, it's certainly a somber thought, uh, but uh, but I think you've um, you have a tremendous platform and I think you've been able to shine a lot of light on uh, on the complexities of what's going on. And uh, we'll uh, we'll certainly see what uh, what happens. And uh, I once again, thank you, David, for your uh, for your time. It's a fascinating discussion. And I uh, wish you much uh, success with uh, with your educational efforts and looking forward to uh, to following your uh, your work in the future. Great, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Good and again, that's you. David. Thank you. And again, that's David Havery. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our alerts, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review. And if you like what you heard, please consider a donation to support our continued efforts. You can do so at honestreporting.ca slash donate. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.